Welcome to Outside Game, the podcast. I am the host with the most, Keith Bullock, joined by my main man, Don Povia. Riding shotgun. What is up, Mr. Monday Night? It has been a hot minute, as I think you just said. Um, yeah, it's a different world from the last time I think we did this together. So how are yeah, you holding up over there? My intro is rusty, man. You know, I, I had it down pat for like weeks, and um, it's been it's been a while, so it's rusty. Um, holding down good, man. I, you know what? To be honest, um, you know, obviously, you know, I was fortunate to play in the NFL and make some money early, and you know, I bought my house when I was 25, and I've been in the same spot, and um, I would say like over the last three or four years, I've just slowly but surely been like adding to like the place that I've lived in for like 15 years. So I think um, me and the fam are nice nestled in. My kids are homebodies anyway. So I think they're kind of like, um, they're not really tripping off of not going to school and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I would say um, right now I'm in a fortunate situation. What about nice. yourself? Nice, nice. Well, you know, it's. Uh, I'm glad we moved into this house about a year ago because if we were in that other box that we had, I think we all <laughs> killed each other at some point. But three kids, four pets, and my wife and I just, uh, you know, we kind of have our own space now and, and able to uh, to do our thing. Um, my wife kind of lost her sense of taste and smell, so that gave us a, a little bit of a scare. Yeah, see Chris making oh, eyes wow. over there. Um, but other than that, everybody's uh, been relatively healthy, so I'm happy about that. The kids, actually, I ran a little uh, practice run with uh, with Ellie doing a little podcast the other day to get her sense of what it's like being an 11-year-old. And she's uh, she's about she's about done. Uh, I think more than anything, it's just missing their friends, like right. just outside of school, even all the activities, um, that they had going on is crazy. Uh, you know, not to mention the world of sports, uh, everything is really shut down. And you and I had talked about that when this thing was first going down and all the things that we can do. And now I've been on this like soapbox that just everybody is throwing garbage out there now. Like I can't get away from like Zoom meetings and who's doing Instagram live and this, that and the other thing. And and for me, it's just like, man, there's we got to get back to quality. I can't wait, at least on the content entertainment side. I feel like everybody's scrambling because nobody knows what to do on top of everything else. Facts. So. So anyway, but we do have a guest. Speaking of kids being stuck in the house, we have a bit of an expert, an old, old friend of mine. Uh, he was actually the guy that said, hey, why don't we do a sports blog back in the day, which became Hugging Harold Reynolds, which essentially led to the outside, uh, well, the outside game through blogs with balls. So that's my good friend, Chris Illuminati. Chris, that is your real last name, right? Yeah, it's legit. My last name. I guess I should Word. apologize to everybody because I started you on all this. <laughs> or, or say thank you to everybody. I don't know. The jury's out. <laughs> the jury is out. He said something like, uh, "We should do uh, something like do this yeah. podcast. Like, let's jump on. I got a lot of free time. I like I like to do it with you guys." And I was like, "Well, you want to start a podcast and then leave me hanging again to do yeah. my sports?" I did, I did it was a different situation back then. I actually wanted to start a blog when I was already writing for a website, and that's like saying, you know, that'd be like if Keith said, "Hey, I'm in the NFL, but you know what? In my spare time, I'm gonna go play on this other team." that like, <laughs> right. plays, you know, on the days that the NFL doesn't. So it just kind of like became too much. We did have a solid run there. We had a good yeah. year or so. 
Well, yeah, I'm glad I took it and wrangled it. <laughs> yes. and yeah, so I, I created a job for you. I did not create a job for myself. <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate that. that that's mm-hmm. for sure. So, yeah, Chris mentioned he's an author. He is a uh, not only a works, works for websites, freelancing, does a lot of social media stuff. He's also written a couple books. Uh, the first one I always got a kick out of because it was called Assholeology. And then how many asshole books did you actually put out? Two. They wanted to do more. They actually did more stuff. They did like calendars and games and stuff. But after the second one, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if this is my calling. I didn't want to be, <laughs> to be known as an like asshole. asshole. Now, you have, to, you have to put it in context. Like this was 2010. So back then it was kind of okay to maybe call yourself an asshole. Right. Thinking that way. I mean, a better way to put it would be uh, it was more how to be assertive. But I don't know if you could release that book in 2020. I mean, you definitely can't now. But like pre all this, I don't think in 2020 a book like that would work. I mean, they're swamped with them. I feel like everybody like with a blog or, you know, Reddit and blah, blah, blah. Like everybody was like kind of putting something out in that same vein. Right. Um, but you, you did evolve. You had a few kids and uh, you wrote another book. Tell us about that other book. Yeah. So the other one was called new, the New Dad Dictionary. So it was based on at the time I was a stay at home dad and uh, I just kept on going past all these like terms about pregnancy and some of them were like super confusing and I'd have to look it up and I'd be like, that's not as confusing as it sounded, you know, like a pisteotomy or like cradle cap and things like that. And so I look it up. I'm like, Oh, that's actually kind of easy. So the idea of the book was it's the actual literal definition of the term. And then it's like my wise ass, like commentary underneath, like whether you need this. Your asshole version of. Yeah. (laughs) It's like asshole dad. So, uh, but the good thing about it was like I at least felt good that 50% of the book was like actual knowledge. <laughs> so like a new dad could learn something or even like a, a veteran dad. So um, yeah, that came what, out in 2015. What do you think your um, – what, what is your – one of your top tips in that book that just comes to your head off the top of your mind that you can remember? You know, I think like a lot of it is nothing is really as serious as it sounds. And if it's something, you know – a lot of the times I'd come across the terms like when we were like talking to the doctor and I felt like if it was something really important, they would have like turned to us and said, this is kind of important. But when right. they're throwing the terms around, you're like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and you would go yeah. look it up. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of it is you're going to have to learn on the fly, but at least there's something there so you can go back and at least talk like you know what you're talking about. So, Keith, with your first one, I don't know if it was – similar to me, right? Everything was like, okay, we need to get the bottle warmer. We need to get this diaper thing. We need to get the diaper bag for the guys, right? Everything was sort of by the book. Like that first dad was your, what was, what was it like being the first time dad for you, Keith? Um, for me, it was kind of like you said, we needed to get all this, um, a lot of unnecessary shit. It was like, oh, we need this stroller because of this, we need this. Like I never used the, the, the in front baby holder. Yeah, I never never used one of those just because I never had to. I just didn't maneuver like that. I'm fine with the stroller or look, let's go, kid. Like, you know what I'm saying? So um, over your shoulder. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think for me, I was in one of those nervous people, man. I I figured I'd let my wife handle all that nervousness because at the end of the day, when the kids are first born, there's not much you can do. Like my wife was breastfeeding like they wanted the boobs, you know know what I'm saying? So um (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of chill. I think like my wife was um was good and was in control. So like it just allowed me to just it's a kid, man. I look at it like I knew how I grew up and I turned out all right. So my kid is gonna be fine. 
I always said like cavemen had kids and they figured out how to do it. Right. Civilization went a long time before any of this like bullshit was out there. So if they could do it, you know, 2000 years ago, 3000 years ago, 4000 years ago, we could we could figure it out. After that way. But cavemen cavemen, uh, left the cave at the crack of dawn and they'll be like, I'll be back at at, at dusk. (laughs) And they didn't have to do anything. Yeah. So yeah, they might not have come back for like months. <laughs> the, cave, the caveman wasn't in the middle of a hunt and his wife was like, where are you? I need more diapers. Get back here. You know, like they didn't do any of that kind of stuff. They didn't have to worry about any of that. So I, I remember the one realization where I'm sitting and the room was next door to ours and it was breastfeeding too, which was great. Right. Um, but I'm, we're sitting in the room next and I just remember thinking like, there's another per yesterday. There was nobody over there. Now there's like another person in our house. Like we literally brought another person. That was like the big thing. And then I remember the doctors were all about, you gotta, you gotta latch, you gotta give them the boob. You gotta give them the boob. Like the doctors were like pushing that stuff. So Ange was just like, again, by the book, first time mom, like, all right, we gotta do this. We gotta do this. We gotta do this. And, uh, I remember calling her mom and she's crying. She's like, mom, she won't take the boob. I don't know what to do. And da, 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 da. And mom's like, give her the fucking formula. She's like, no, they said don't give them the formula. She's like, give her the formula. When they're hungry, they'll eat, they'll go to bed. They're not going to starve themselves. And like, it was that, that was like the switch where it was like, all right, maybe everything doesn't need to be exactly by the book for the first one. Chris, similar, similar situations with number one. Yeah, I felt the same way. Um, the one thing, like you said, uh, when you said there's like a baby in the next room, it took me a little while to get to the point where I was like, oh shit, I'm in charge of other people. Mm-hmm. Like for a long time, it was like, oh, it's just you. And then you got married and there's two people, but the other person can take care of themselves. But now suddenly there's this third, and especially now it really comes into play with like everything that's going on in the world. Like people are looking at you for answers and you're like, I don't goddamn know. <laughs> like when it was a kid, when it was, you know, it was a baby, you're like, okay, feed it. You could go ask somebody else, but you know, you know, your wife called your mom and said, what do I do? And she said, give your formula. You can't really call somebody right now and be like, look, uh, I'm afraid to go to the grocery store. How do I handle this and not freak the hell out so that, you know, my chest is tightening. How do I not show the kids that I'm really a minute away from losing it? So right. it's kind of like the, the, the hard part for me was that day when it like snapped into my head, like, oh God, I'm in charge of other people. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, obviously, I think we'll get to that craziness right now, but, um, you know, number two and then number three for, for Keith and I, it just, that free range parenting really started coming into a, <laughs> coming into play. And then it was kind of like, you kind of had a little babysitter running around that, you know, I think my oldest one was like the very motherly type that, uh, you know, anything, something happened, sirens started going off. So we had a little warning system coming up, but yeah, I mean, I think this is a great time to have you on because, you know, one of the reasons we haven't done this in a while is because of these full houses and, and having to deal with this sort of homeschooling, if you can even call it that, because <laughs> I'm not really teaching them much. Um, but yeah, Chris, what's what's the reaction been uh, from the kids? Like, do they get what's going on or do they just go with the flow? Do they ask a lot of questions? At the be- In the beginning, they really didn't get it, especially so I have a 10 year old and a seven year old. The seven year old was kind of like we're on extended vacation. The 10 year old kind of got it. And then, like, within the first week, he missed his friends. And it's funny, actually, I was just saying to Keith before this, um, before we started. So uh, you played that April Fool's joke on Ellie where you showed her the newspaper and it said <laughs> yeah. that every kid had to stay back and repeat the next, the grade next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm a horrible parent. That, like, that, it's funny. That was... and he's old enough, you know. But, yeah, you know. But so 
pretty bad. The day before, so on March 31st, I was with my son, and he actually turned around to me, and he goes, hey, tomorrow, don't play any April Fool's jokes on me about school, because I'm not going to be able to take it. And I was like, Damn. oh, okay. <laughs> like He's like, I'm not going to find it funny. And I, I didn't plan to, but the fact that he thought that would happen, because, you know, I have done it in the past, like, I'll wake him up on a Saturday, and be like, no, no, today's Friday, you got to go to school. Like, you know, I, I mess with him in that way. But he knew something might be coming, and he knew he wouldn't be able to take it. Even Dad, Dad, leave your shit. <laughs> don't don't come in here with that bullshit. Yeah. So tell 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 the listeners uh, the prank you played on your on your daughter, Don. So I saw my sister actually sent it to me, and it was like a little crappy thing that they they had showed to my my nephew, who you've probably heard me talk about. He's the the Eagles fanatic. Uh, if you follow me on social, you've seen him. Uh, he went viral at one point, but. Um, yeah, he uh, it was it was the governor, but it didn't look really, you know, it wasn't really professionally done. It looked like a headline with a picture of the governor saying the kids need to go back to school. And I said, oh, that that is awesome. And it's like nighttime now. I was like, I had woke up in the morning, kind of like your son, Chris. I told, hey, I told out, dude, you, you got that wrong. You said that they had to go back to school. Your headline was they have to repeat the grade next year. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's even worse. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, so yeah, kind of co- coming full circle. Um <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so I I took an actual NJ.com. We live in New Jersey. I took an NJ.com screenshot. I took the main picture. I swapped in a picture of the governor. Took the main headline. Put that. So it looked like I screenshot at the NJ.com website, and I sent it to her. Uh, we have like a family group with the text, and she's up in her room. And uh, but yeah, kind of going back, I was kind of like your son in the morning. I was like, I was like, Ellie, I don't, I, I'm busy. I don't need this. I don't want them coming in because my kids will just be like needling you all day with stupid little pranks, right? So it's like seven o'clock, seven thirty. Been laying low all day. I sent it to the text group. I kind of walk up into her room. She's talking to her cousin. Um, the little ones in there making noise. And I said, L, did uh, did you see your text? And you could see like the energy running out of her system. Like I might sk- share some screenshots. She told me, okay, you can show people. She didn't talk to me for about 12 hours, but um, it, it boils out of her, puts her hands on her head in here, starts looking in like despair. And then I go to the little one, the four-year-old, I said, and, she, and she's like, I gotta go. She's telling her cousin, I gotta go, I gotta go. I said, Ev, who's the little one? I said, I said, tell Ellie what day it is. And she's like, Oh my God. She's like, you, you're lying to me. You lied to me. And then it was like, I hate you storming off, like crying, literally like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. My wife's like in the other room, like, Oh, L, relax. Like it ain't that bad. She's like freaking out. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I really Dang. want like that can make, that can make some like late show, you know, like who is it? Like Kim or somebody that steals all the kids like Halloween candy or yeah. yeah. They threw it out. Yeah. Right. See, it, it was absolutely like that. The funny thing about that is, like, I always do things where I'm, like, when I come up with a way to, like, mess with my kids or something, I'm, like, is this going to traumatize them for the rest of their life? The, the good thing about yours is the world is traumatizing them enough <laughs> that, that she might re- – at least I think she'll look back and go, okay, that was at least a funny part of what the hell we were going through. Like, at least – like, right now she'll be mad. But in maybe like three years, she'd be like, oh, dad, remember when you played that prank on me? And like at least laugh about it in the face of like awful, awful things. Well, going back to tell her not to prank me, I think one of the things when she finally started talking to me the next day was she's like, you you told me in the morning not to play any pranks. And I had the perfect one like lined up for you. So it was almost like she was pissed that uh, that she couldn't uh, she couldn't tee that up and go with it. Um, 
So, Chris, like, what about your kind of working day? So you have to you have to deal with the kids. Uh, you, you're a little different situation. You you are you are a divorced uh, father. Um, yeah. So you split some time. Um, you know, being able to balance work and uh, watching the kids and spending time and comforting, et cetera. How's that been for you? Well, the life adjustment part has been easy because <clears throat> prior to like, so in January I had started a, a regular go to the office job, but before that I was, uh, work from home for four years. So this being home all day long, like this is normal for me. Like I'm used to this, except the fact that I can't go anywhere like that. Not that I would really go anywhere anyway, but like if I had to run to the store, I wasn't like a full catastrophic event that I had to go. So I'm used to like the being home and the feeling like, <laughs> What makes it hard now is so with the kids, we like rotate, you know, they're there most of the time, but like Tuesday night, they'll sleep at my house and they'll be there till Wednesday. So now you have to pack a bag. We also have to pack all their school stuff, like six tablets because they got seven Zoom meetings and they can't be on my computer. <laughs> I need my computer. And right. like my ex had to buy uh, an iPad because half of the stuff wasn't available on her work computer because she had like a PC. And so we just, she just got the kids an iPad and now they're fighting over that. And, you know, it's just like uh, there's like seven bags I got to go with me now besides two kids. Like and it's just it's really hard. So I go over there. So they do most of their school day in the morning. And then I go over there and I'm like gym teacher, art guy. Uh, and then this like SEL, which is like, um, uh, you know, <laughs> like social, emotional, like kind of. Like, oh, you seem to know what that is. I, I, that's That's new to me. <clears throat> yeah, nah, I mean, my day, I, I well, obviously, I'm fortunate that, like, everyone's in-house, but um, my sixth grader, she's fine. They're, like, she really has literal school. Um, they are online classes from, like, what, 7.45 to about 2, but, like, she has, like, study hall and gym. I go upstairs the other day, so I hear all this pounding, and she's running in place. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm in gym. I'm like, yo, <laughs> take your ass outside with that. <laughs> <laughs> all this yard and you're inside with the gym class it's crazy like um yeah they have them doing all their subjects so my wife is officially a kindergarten teacher because we have uh one in kindergarten and then we have um a 10 year old who's in fourth grade and the thing with kindergarten and fourth grade i feel like they're still learning how to learn like you know what i mean like so they're getting new lessons uh, especially my fourth grader that's who i'm working with she's getting new lessons that she doesn't she might have an ideal but hasn't been taught so i like literally have to you know teach the lesson good thing it's only fourth grade and um you know i can handle that but Ours is uh, the structure of the day and like um lunch and snack and breakfast and activities and it's it's a pretty long day you know it's pretty taxing yeah i feel like i'm just like letting letting the uh dropping the ball if you will because we we don't do anything it's more like an independent study over here <laughs> which if i remember in college i remember how effective that was um but no they they kind of get their lesson plans every morning we got this thing called class dojo this app uh teacher principal usually sends like a video message i think about yeah. once or twice a week they'll check in and the class will do and that's kind of like the highlight of their day when the class gets to all get get on but you know for the most part it's more like yeah here's your assignments go and do it so it's not really like homeschooling it's like kind of like here's your assignments go do it at the end of the week tell us how how it went and i don't i don't know if i fought the teachers but you know your, your systems seem a lot more structured than ours are keith kind of like you the oldest one gets up in the morning she sleeps a little later but good for her 
but then gets everything right. done and she's got the whole right. day that she, she just wants to play Roblox and freaking Minecraft all day. Uh, the the middle one, like, yeah, the middle yeah, one is the one that, like, you know, they're supposed to hand their assignments in by like four. <laughs> It, it's yeah, like right. three fifty-five, and she's got like three subjects that she ain't gotten done. You guys, are, you guys are way ahead of me. Like, hand in to where? My kids have nowhere to hand anything in. No, they send in like they do the work, and then they they send the stuff in. Not yeah, that. and then our our teachers, our teachers will like like check it by the end of the day and send it back and be like, you might need to correct it or something. So, wow. like, yeah, I like the first two days. I'm sorry, like, uh, like what monday and tuesday of this week like it was 6 p.m and we're still doing assignments <laughs> i got my crazy food. <laughs> yeah we're trying we're trying to like bribe we're bribing anna like no you're not you're not we're taking stuff away like but then she's got to be on her computer right so we think she's doing the work and we're doing roblox right we're on a call or something like and she's no and that one watches freaking youtube videos of people playing roblox not even playing roblox, <laughs> watching other people play roblox right. I'm thinking about because we're, we're all around the, the same age here like what if this happened in 1987 like what would we have done you just wouldn't go to school and you would have been chilling bro all day. <laughs> like maybe they would have been chilling <laughs> Cause we kind of grew up in neighborhoods. Like the way I remember us, like, you know, I like, we had like, I had probably like five or six, seven different nine, 10 kids in my neighborhood. So like home quarantine, we're definitely outside, like stand by me or some shit like that. We're in the woods on nature hikes, even though we're not staying in the house. There's no I mean, one. Cause we no were school. kids that were outside. You wouldn't have so had, school. I mean, like you couldn't have had online lessons or anything. They might've mailed you something once a week. <laughs> <laughs> to do that. there was no internet there was no internet we're good <laughs> so if well, anything they have it you would probably have to you would probably have to drive in and pick up your assignments like they probably hand them out like drive they had no car <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true i mean at the catholic school not i went to had a car back then like in the 80s not every family had a true, car true. Yeah. No, but well, either way i used to walk to school anyway to make no sense to yeah, to pick anything up. I mean, even through high school, I was too close for a bus. I never took a bus in my life. Like, wow. uh, but you know, that brings me up the other point is like even being able able to go out and congregate with people. That's the other thing, right? You got the home quarantine, but then you got the separate social distancing, all that, right? So I, what I used to do, I would say between like fourth and eighth grade, it was like we used to play a lot of street hockey in the parking lot at the school. We used to play wiffle ball all the time. And we used to play like schoolyard football kind of thing. But you're not even you wouldn't even be allowed to do that. You'd be socially shunned for for hanging out. No. Right. Yeah. Here's one good well, thing. Like, go ahead, Keith. No, I, I no, you I didn't have anything pertaining to that. So go ahead. <laughs> uh, what I was gonna say is here's one good thing that I will say. Um we all have multiple kids. Like, thank God. I was an only child. Thank God we don't have only children. Like, one kid in a house by his or herself all day long. Like, I don't know what I would have done. Like, You'd be in the house like Richard Pryor. You'd be the toy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My house didn't look like that. I didn't have Wonder Wheel. <laughs> no, the, best part of the, toy, the best part of that toy was the, uh, the picture that he had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as a kid, you know what I'm talking about. When it, when it slides mom. down. <laughs> that's a kid's mom. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But, yeah, so, like, I don't know what I would have done as an only child. At least they have, you know, sisters and brothers to, like, pacify them, you know, a little bit. Or, like, some type of interaction with another kid. Like, I don't well, know you what know, children are doing. It's crazy about the uh, 
the separate thing is, is like each state too has like their different levels of like what you can do. So like Keith, like has Tennessee ordered that like stay at home stuff yet or no? I think they may have just done it yesterday, but I there was a bunch of people at this park. I had to go um pick something up and there was a bunch of people at this park where like the reservoir is and it's like a walking park and there was like at least 50 cars there. So they yeah. haven't like they haven't closed off parks. I saw in New York City they took off basketball hoops in the parks and the they like chained them up. Like they put like yeah. wood, wood planks yeah. like over the top. That's yeah. not, and that's how you know it's serious. You can't even go to the because everybody in the city. That's what I'm saying. Like once it hits like 80 degree day, everybody in Harlem, everybody like everybody's coming outside. It's just mm-hmm. what's gonna happen. Like everybody's coming outside. Them hot ass apartments. They're coming outside. Right. Yeah, it's crazy with Tennessee, and I think it was the Georgia governor this week. Like he was like, "Oh, I didn't know you can trans- transfer yeah. this thing without." He said that yesterday. Yeah, without without symptoms. In the meantime, like our crazy New Jersey governor, I keep laughing. It's like he's trying to be Chris Christie, his predecessor. Like just keeps yelling at <laughs> he just keeps yelling at everybody, cracking me up. And then you got Cuomo. <laughs> yeah, you got you got Cuomo, you know, and his brother doing this thing. It's been That's entertaining. Right. You know, it's it's sad, but at least like our uh, elected officials are just kind of entertainment in themselves. Like, they're they're going a little nutty. Um, so hey, back to Chris. Uh, another thing Chris got going on, he's got these post-it notes. Tell us about the post-it notes, because then I want to tell you where I'm going with the post-it notes. Uh oh. So uh, the post-it notes started um, like the for when my uh, ex-wife was home on maternity leave. He was she was like leaving the house for the first time, like baby leaving the baby with me, and like she was telling me all the things I have to do while she was gone. And I used to keep all of my notes for my writing and stuff on post-it notes. So I started like jotting down what she was telling me. And I was like joking around. I was like, feed baby, change baby, don't let baby die. Like, and just write things on a note. And then I took it and I stuck it on my bulletin board where I put everything else. And I like totally forgot about it. And then like two or three weeks later, I went to get something off that bulletin board and I saw the note and I started laughing because like I said, don't let baby die. (laughs) And I was like, Kind of funny, so I like took a picture of it and put it online, and explained it. Then the next day, I wrote something funny on a note and kind of like, and I really did not think anything of it. And so at the time, Tumblr was really big, and I would just put them all on Tumblr, and like people would like share them, reshare them, and you know, uh, post it on their own stuff. And then like BuzzFeed picked up on it, and like all these websites, and like every couple years they would like blow up for different reasons. And so now it's been ten years. Um, They've been on – my notes have been on Good Morning America. I have not. <laughs> so, uh, that, that was always a weird thing, like, you know, Jesse Palmer and George Stephanopoulos, like, holding giant pictures of my notes and reading them to an audience. But, like, I wasn't there. <laughs> and so uh, so they, they, they've been picked up by a bunch of different places. I have, like, a kind of, like, a passionate little following. And it's been really cool. Like, I, I never thought 10 years ago writing something funny on a note would lead to, like, you know – an Instagram account. I didn't even know what Instagram was then. It didn't even exist. But like, I never thought it would take this long or like last this long. And, and let's talk about that passionate little following that you have. He's he's kind of become the the hot dad, and uh, has quite quite a few cougars uh, scratching at his door. It's weird. There's a lot. There's a lot more <laughs> sliding DMs than you want to know about. <laughs> Not the kind of sliding the DMs that you know we would be like, oh yeah, you'd be like, what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Karen from Utah, what are you trying to do? And you know what you know what always follows it? So it'll be like 
say something, say something. I'll be like, oh, thanks, say something. And, and it'll be like, I've had a lot of wine. Like that line. <laughs> like, uh, I that's that's, that's like, them justifying what they said. Yeah, oh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. It's not like I, I, I wouldn't DM you uh, if I was sober. I've had a lot of wine. <laughs> so it's kind of like that's their <laughs> I mean, how is that, uh, has that ramped up or changed since, uh, since the divorce? Like, do, are now they like the, the sympathetic, uh, sympathetic year or something? It never happened when I was married. Never. Mm. And then as okay. soon as like I started doing notes saying that I was divorced, that's when it happened. So I could at least say that like people were on their best behavior when I was married. When so I was, there's some respectable people out there. Yeah, there are. There are other, <laughs> like what really makes me laugh is like, I, it's never been anybody from Jersey or Pennsylvania. <laughs> like these people live across the country. I'm like, what's gonna happen here? Like, what do you think? <laughs> what, what, uh, where, where do you think this is gonna? Well, they go? got their courage up to take their shot. They taking long grain shots. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they figure if they'd be denied, I, I'm nowhere near them. Like I can't run into them at the shop right or anything like that. So They're building their confidence up slowly but surely. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a really weird thing. And the reason that cracks me up is because you would think like the female influencers or the Instagram models are the ones that always talk about the guys like sliding into their DMs. And then you got these like house moms like drinking wine or like, hey, Mr. Chris. <laughs> I can't imagine what they get. Like, uh, especially because guys. Creepy guys. <laughs> yeah. like, I can't imagine what they get compared to like if I get one or two a week, I guarantee they get 50 to 60. A day. <laughs> yeah, maybe a day. It, it all, I think it all depends on uh, what you do. Like, I, I'm sure the, like, fitness model girls, like, they probably get them, like, all day long. Athletes, like, any female athletes, you know. Yeah, I feel like they're asking for it, though. Look at what they're posting and shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, look, if they're doing, if, like, the ones that are, like, real models, certified models and are getting paid and that's their work, that's fine. That's what you do. I'm not saying any female should be subjected to like creepy DMs and all that stuff. But I guess I'm talking more about the Instagram models that are just in their, in their, the fake ones that are just in their apartments, like posting <laughs> twerk videos and stuff like that. And then like creeps are in it. And like, what do they expect when you like really solicit yourself to those things? But the working women that are really like, you know, 100% with that, I understand that's their work. But I still will say no woman should be subjected to that. But you have to have some type of expectation if that's what you're putting, like, Come on, like that's have some, have some mod have some modesty. Yeah, yeah, the like forever. you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I, I think for some of those women too, like I mean, it's not like it ends with the DMs. Like they probably, you know, it happens at the grocery store, the CVS, the like. So it happens so many times that like the DMs are at least like, okay, it's not this strange dude in my face trying to like hit on me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Here you go to. I don't want to get into me too shit because that's <laughs> yeah not where so, I want to go. But I mean, yeah, that's the, how it happens. The good thing for them now is right now for at least the next two months it's all DMs and not <laughs> anywhere they're going. So yeah, so I, it's not like mine's a big issue, but it's just kind of like funny in a way. So Keith, what are your thoughts on just prognosticating? Like, how do you think we're gonna come out of this? Like, I kind of ask my kids, like, do you think things are gonna be like they were a month ago? You know what? Um, it, it's all interesting, and not to not to get too deep with it. Um, my question is like, okay, what? How does this work? All of a sudden, 
just nobody's sick. We can all go back outside. You can go to the movies. You can go to the restaurants. You know, are they going to let people just start going back out by their zip code? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really don't necessarily know how it's going to work because I feel like, you know, okay, they're doing it. They've done a social job to get everybody together to quarantine. You know, I think people are just starting to go in their house now, but everybody's going to be anxious to go back out. So what is going to be the process? It's it's just all interesting to me, man. Um, I don't have an answer to your um, direct question. Um, I guess I'm kind of like everyone else. It's just, I'm just waiting to see. How how are they going to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Chris, how about you? Um, yeah, I don't know how it's all going to play out, but I feel like when we do finally come out, we're going to come out to a way different world than we went into. And I see it right now. So yesterday I went to ShopRite, or a grocery store for anyone who's not or from the Jersey PA area. I so I went, to a grocery store. Okay. I went to a grocery store and I went to the um, post office, places I've, the same ones that I've gone to a million times. And for the first time, there was glass up in front of the cashier and there was a big plastic screen up in front of uh, the post office woman that were never there before. They weren't even there as of like three days ago. And like, it didn't shock me because yeah, that's what we've come to. But once this all blows over, like, why not? Like, I don't care if the cashier in front of me has got a plastic screen. Good. Like, I'm just as worried about getting stuff from her as she is from me or like the post office. Like when I, so before yesterday, when I went to post office, I had to go like a week ago. And when I was there, it was like early in the morning. They were actually like measuring six feet from the counter to where you stand. And they're like, well, this is where people are going to be standing. And they used me as like a guinea pig. And they're like, okay, <laughs> can you stand here? And so the woman's behind the counter. So I'm at, I'm here with a box. The counter is six feet away from me. I'm like, and I like, <laughs> like through the box. And the lady was like, oh no, people are not going to be throwing stuff at me. And I'm like, I <laughs> get my stuff on the counter. Like, how do I, like, I don't really have training on how to get a box six mm. feet away from me. And it's like, what, I don't know what you want me to do here. So then they finally got the like big plastic. It looks like it's like a big tarp hanging. It's plastic tarp hanging from the ceiling. And oh, not like a not like a bank teller, like a. No, no. So the the That's lady, shopper, yeah, she had a plastic thing, like a plastic like sneeze guard. But the 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 woman at the post office, it was like just a plastic tarp just hanging, and you got to like put your stuff under the tarp, and like you know, that was it. <laughs> so, you know. Ridiculous. What about sports? What are you thinking? I mean, because you not only have you not only have the athlete in the locker room, but then you got the crowds. <laughs> then you got the reporters. So <clears throat> that's why I say it ties into everything. How are they going to start introducing people back into the society? You know what I mean? Like, if it's this pandemic that can be um, given through coughing, sneezing, talking, all that stuff, what's to say when? it's all cleared up. Like, why can't that one person just still have it? And you know what I'm saying? So that's why I don't know about any of this stuff. I don't know how, you know, we even went through the NFL combine and there wasn't like a big outbreak there. We were down at the Super Bowl. Why was it, you know, maybe it didn't hit yet, but like, it's just, just all a mystery to me. I got a, I got a question for Keith. Like, so how would that affect you? So before we even get to like playing sports or putting people in, oh, yeah. stuff, I mean, like, you got to go practice. So how right. you, suppose you were still playing and now you got to be with 40 guys in a locker room, sweating all day, doing whatever, like Lord knows where they've been, who they've been around. Like, how do you deal with that? 
Well, I, I mean, it just depends on what phase of my career I was in. But like, if I was an older, I'll just talk from an older um, standpoint. Um, yeah, I'm not coming back to the facility at this time. Like, I'm not worried about that. I'm sure I'd have my own place to um, train. I'd actually probably um, prefer it because I can. I, I at that point I would know how to prepare myself. But I think more so for a younger guy who. Um, Shit, if you just got, if you're about to get drafted, you're definitely low on money right now. You don't have any money. If you just got drafted last year, you're waiting for these paychecks to come back and stuff like that. So for a younger guy, um, maybe someone that's like 22, 23, year two, three, maybe even four, they're probably like, shit, I, like at 23 or 24 or 25, what, what, I wouldn't even know what to do. You know what I mean? Just, I wouldn't even really know what to do because it's not like you can go um, and reach out to your employer for help because, you know, their hands are tied as well. So it would definitely be a tough situation depending on what phase of my career I was at. Well, you know, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be mandatory testing, one, right, to come back in. And then probably, I mean, what everybody's talking about is like mandatory vaccinations. And, and then Bill Gates is, you know, talking about the sort of national ID and digitizing, basically tracking who's been vaccinated, who who isn't, which is – Again, you want to talk about, um, you know, a whole nother argument we don't need to go into. I think that's kind of where it's going to be. It's like, all right, you got to you got to prove that you don't have it, I would think. Yeah, I mean, we were like we went to Morocco like in like on the 13th of May. Um, I'm sorry, of March. And I guess it had just passed there. But before they would let anyone into the Moroccan, like into the airport, or everything they were doing temperatures. They're giving hand sanitizer out. Um, there's nowhere I've been here that you know they've taken my temperature or anything just to make a safety precaution to see if you even have a fever. So, um, you know, I've seen it. You know, as it had passed there in Morocco, and now I see it as it is coming and hitting here. And it's just, it's just um, all interesting, and we just have to take care of our families and, and stay safe. All right, last word. We're all stuck in the house. What have you been binging? Uh, I, I finished the Tiger King, um, and I'm obsessed with it. Uh, so <laughs> I just can't get over the memes. Uh, so I'll say that. But uh, I'm doing uh, myself. I'm doing Briar Patch with Rosario Dawson, which was a, uh, I believe it was USA Today. I'm not US. I'm sorry, USA. Uh, I'm catching that on um, on Hulu. What are you guys? What yeah. are you guys binging? Each one of you did Ozarks, right, Keith? Can't hear. I said you did. You did Ozarks, correct? <laughs> Guess not, Chris. What are you doing? Uh, so um, I haven't been really. I mean, I am on episode four of Tiger King, but um, so when this all started and everybody was going to be stuck in their house, I don't know if you know, but Fender, the guitar company, yeah, they offered these like free lessons for people, like legit free, three months free. So I've been teaching myself how to play guitar and I'm like two weeks into it. So I'm kind of like trying to focus it on that. Nice. Keith, can you hear us again? Nope. He's out. <laughs> I was watching Ozarks. <laughs> you know, it's funny you bring up Fender. Um, my wife brought something. It's like $150 for a lifetime uh, subscription or membership to Rosetta Stone. Yes. I mean, why not? So we're doing you learned that. The lesson, you learned the language? We just bought it, so we're gonna we're gonna start. So I answered for you. I said you were watching Ozark. 
Yeah, so we're, yeah, we're yeah, saying, yeah. what do you what do you binge it on? You you doing Ozark, right? Yeah, I've been doing Ozark. Um, you know, I've been catching up. I've been watching Ozark before, but I've been catching up. Um, shoot, I haven't gotten to the <laughs> the Tiger King yet. Um, I hear that's a, a wild one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, make, I'll make one recommendation for everybody because it's going to be the first time we've ever seen something like this. Uh, WrestleMania is this weekend, and it's taped. Like so, and I caught not WWE but AEW wrestling. And oh, all right. If anything has ever been weird, like I've never seen two people wrestle uh, in a sound studio with no one around. Like wrestling is a crazy thing to watch with zero reactions. <laughs> it's like not. It's awkward to watch. Why would anybody buy that? You would think Vince would just be like, "Yeah, we'll do it four months from now." I mean, that's his. No, I mean. I don't. They don't know what's going to happen four months from now. But he's so they did WrestleMania. They taped it. What I what I've heard, no spoilers or anything. Um, it's very movie like, so it's not quite. You know, like you maybe don't see the background as much, but you don't realize how much the pop of the crowd for every move for every you know reaction how much it it changes things. So it's kind of a glimpse into well, what if sports does come back and they don't let fans. In and they just play like, you know, so let's say we get out of this in July or something and they bring back the MLB, you know, like a empty stadium while, you know, 18 people play, on, on, you know. Well, they did that not too long ago. How do you get your adrenaline of, up? Like, the riots it'd be Baltimore. hard for me to get my adrenaline up, like, like to the max anyway, yeah. you know. It seems like practice. But, yeah, I think MLB had done it when they had the riots in Baltimore. Like not too long ago, like within the last ten years, I'm pretty sure they had like an empty stadium game with the Orioles. Well, I mean, uh, the Orioles always play in an empty stadium. So. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, <laughs> get that in there. As a Yankees fan, gotta throw that in there. All right, no, we are lose so much money. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we are definitely pushing up on time, but we want to thank our guest Chris Illuminati, his real last name. Chris, where can we find you on the socials? Uh, if you just go to chrisluminati.com, that's got everything. But on Instagram, I'm on message with uh, I'm at message with a bottle. Twitter, I'm Chris Luminati. I mean, if you Google me, it's pretty easy to find all of my stuff. So, and a lot of a lot of weird conspiracy theorists. Yeah, a lot of because like me, <laughs> me, Nas, and Jay Z are real tight, and like, I'm behind everything that Kanye does. And then there's like 50 Nigerian men who want to pay me money to be in my clan <laughs> Keith there's no lie like I, it, it, probably every three or five times I tweet at Chris mm-hmm. I get a follow from somebody with Illuminati something in their in their oh, profile they, and they're like how much money would it be to join and I talk I actually talked to a cop once and he was like you can ask them for money as long as you physically send them something you're fine he's like because you know it you you don't know what it takes to be in the club. If you give them a paper, like official <laughs> Illuminati membership, and they say, <laughs> all right, that's so wait, wait, wasn't that Costanza? The, the human fund. <laughs> yeah, he's like, as long as you send them something, you're cool. You're all right. Nice. Well, this was fun. We appreciate, uh, you know, in a, in a weird time, uh, jumping on with us, Chris, talk about, you know, things that Keith and I are kind of living through, which is uh, this isolation from a guy that is used to working from the home with kids. Yeah. Let's do it again. We're all out out of the house. How about that? Yeah. Do it sounds, in the <laughs> sounds good to me. Well, I am Don Povia. That is Keith Bullock, the host with the most. And this has been Outside Game, the podcast. You can find us at 
theoutsidegame.com. Uh, Keith is having some uh, audio issues again, so I'm going to tee him up. I think he'll know what to do. So until next time, I'm Don. That's Keith. Come on. What do you usually say? <laughs> Peace. <laughs> I'll do it for him. All right. Thanks, guys. Till next week. This is the Outside Game. <laughs> <laughs>